Let me first start by introducing uh, myself. My name is Sarah Downey and I'm the CEO of the Shared Value Project um, here in Australia and um, this is one of the sessions as part of our um, In Practice um, series. We're absolutely delighted um, to, bring you this to bring you this session where we're going to talk about social procurement um, with a shared value lens. Um, it's a very long title of this session. I think it was building capacity for long-term social procurement partnerships, which is a bit of a mouthful, but all those words are really important for this session. We really want our social procurement strategies to, to be able to build capacity, to be able to be done at scale. We want them to be long-term. We want them to produce genuine, meaningful impact, and that requires true partnerships, and that's what you're going to hear about today. Um, before um, I introduce um, our speakers today, can I first um, acknowledge and pay my respects to, um, uh, to uh, with respect to the Indigenous communities of the land that I'm bringing, I'm coming to you from today, which is the Wurundjeri land. Um, I think particularly when we talk about social procurement and social impact, um, you know, we really want to give our nod um, to those that have been taking care of this land for such a long time before us. And, and frankly, given some of the reports that have come out more recently around the the, um, the ecosystems in Australia, I think we can all say we've got a big job to do um, and we need to turn our attention much more um, to those that have been taking care of it for a very long time. So um, very pertinent um, that we make that acknowledgement um, given the topic that we have today. Um, uh, this, this partnership um, that you're going to hear about today between Eurocon, between KBR Joint Ventures and, and, and South um, SA Water um, will bring to life this um, social procurement strategy, which Fiona is going to um, is going to lead um, off our presentation today. So I'd like to introduce you to, to the three speakers. Um, let me read through um, a little bit about them so, so you know who, who is talking to you today. Fiona Lewis is the Head of Innovation and Social Impact for Apricot Consulting. Uh, Fiona is a skilled public sector professional with expertise in operations, policy and planning, monitoring and evaluation. She has over 25 years in programs committed to social change and social impact, predominantly in the education sector. She has experience in working across uh, all different levels of stakeholders and knows how to leverage those unique um, experiences, insights and, and perspectives to achieve as close to win-win um, solutions as, as possible. Fiona holds an MBA in Strategic Management and at Apricot Consulting, uh, which is a Shared Value Project member. Fiona works as part of the team focused on social impact, sustainability and innovation. So thank you, Fiona. Joining Fiona um, a little bit uh, further into the presentation is going to be Mike Gibbons, who is the Acting Senior Manager for Supply Chain at SA Water. Mike is SA Water's Supply Chain Category Manager for Capital Works and Services. Originally a civil engineer, Mike has 20 years experience in public and private sector procurement in Australia the UK, and the UK and is a member of the Chartered Institute of Procurement and Supply. Mike and his supply chain team at SA Water have a passion for maximising the wider social benefits that can come through an annual that can come through their annual spend of approximately four hundred million, and are delighted to be participating in these exciting shared value initiatives. Um, also joining Mike um, to give you that real world experience is Simon Ward, who is the program director for SA Water Capital Works. Simon is an experienced program director with over 17 years of complex infrastructure delivery experience. 
Simon is skilled in the development and delivery of major capital infrastructure programs and is currently the program director for SA Water's four-year 1.8 billion capital works program. Prior to taking the program director role, he led the startup phase of this program, including the packaging and prioritizing of more than 1,500 projects into an optimized delivery strategy. Um, the development and the organisational structure and the supported procurement plan that went with it. Simon is passionate about striving for higher outcomes for customers and the communities in which he works. Through his role as program director, he strives, uh, he drives the employment of trainees and apprentices, those with barriers to employment and increased Aboriginal employment and business engagement. Um, there will be time for some Q&A at the end of this session. So uh, I know that Fiona is happy for you to put any comments or questions in the chat through the presentation and she'll try to, you know, multitask and look at those while she's presenting. If she can answer them in the presentation, she will. Otherwise, they can absolutely be formed part of the Q&A. Um, perhaps I'll just um, let you know for those that have just joined that we are recording this session for those that can't physically be here because we had an enormous registration um, for this session. So it's clearly a topic that lots of people want to learn about. That's enough from me. Can I just say thank you and welcome, Fiona. Thank you so much, Sarah. It's a real honour to be here today and um, hopefully my presentation works. Um, we've talked a lot about Sarah's like really worked it up now and uh, we've had a few technical challenges this morning. So I'm really hoping it doesn't fail us. So I'm going to just switch to that very quickly. Just going to move that over. All right, so thank you very much to everybody who is here today. And um, just perhaps to recognize that I'm joining you today from the lands of the traditional lands of the Ghana people. Um, recognize that each of you are participating from different Aboriginal lands. And in our respect, we address, we acknowledge their continuing connection to the land and to the waters that surround us. We recognize elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to all those who share in our heritage here today. Um, it's my honor and privilege to talk to you today about how we've adopted um, the shared value model for a project which is really aimed at building capacity for long-term social procurement partnerships. And um, Apricot as a business has been working in the space of, of um, delivering outcomes and strategies that really work to support the health of leaders and teams and organizations and communities for, for many years. Um, and while our team has changed and grown significantly uh, since our first project back in early 2002, our work has always endeavored to meet that very lofty goal of genuinely making the world a better place. Um, we have two primary service lines and those relate to sort of the areas of um, organizational development and ESG. And what we're finding is that these, these two lines of work that we do are increasingly intertwined um, and reflect very much a shift towards a more ESG or social impact minded economy. Um, and so what our strength, what strength we bring into that project is really our ability to connect leaders and to connect them around the shared vision of success. And I'll use that word deliberately here because even though we're talking about shared value, um, and, and it's different to shared values. I think Sarah, you've said that before in, in podcasts with James, but it's really around also just connecting to a shared vision of um, what success looks like. And importantly, working that, walking that way through with our clients to implement and deliver these programs from top down and very holistically. Um, so we will focus today in this webinar, we will look at um, some of our reflections to date on 
the projects, um, why we are seeking to create these long-term relationships amongst our stakeholders who are involved in the project. We will also talk about how we've adopted the shared value model to really support the growth of the social enterprise and First Nations business sectors in South Australia, um, and why this why we've found this as being a best practice approach to social procurement, which is really, I think, what we're all keen to find out. It's, it's, it's more than just about social procurement as a compliance-based exercise. And so we've adopted this model very much as, as part of our, our focus around how we do that. Um, so just moving on, um, I'm sure most people know, uh, most people in this today's webinar will understand what shared value is. So I just want to talk through it very high level, but it's really rec it's recognized as being a, a business strategy that's designed to solve social issues profitably. Um, it's something that we talk to our clients about um, whenever we engage with them. And in our social procurement business and in our corporate social impact growth specifically, we see this as being really the establishment of a mutually beneficial partnership between, in this case, more than two organizations that leverage their collective expertise, leverage the resources that they have to make a positive impact on the economic and social conditions in which they operate. Um, Sarah, again, you know, you've spoken to one of my colleagues, James, before about, you know, that shared value is really around focusing on that interdependence between a company's success with the social impact and the social progress. And that's very strongly a foundation of what we've tried to do in um, the program so far. So what we've done is applied this methodology to social procurement. And by doing so, we've recognized that we can increase both the social and the commercial value that is created for both our corporate partners um, and for the social enterprises or the community-based organizations that we are working with. So in this slide, as you can see, we've got, you know, the key ideas around business opportunities and challenges that are presented to, the to in this case, SA Warden. I'll talk to them in a moment. What those corporate assets are, which include your people and, and your technology and your platforms and the social needs around that. And that shared value is a really sweet spot right in the middle where we're actually looking at saying there are three different ways in which we can look at shared value. We can look at um, new products, markets. We can look at redefining productivity in the value chain, um, and we can look at enabling local cluster development. And in our program that we've worked through so far, we've really focused on two of those levels of shared value. So we focused on redefining productivity um, in the value chain by really exploring and using a range of differentiated services um, from local social enterprises to service supply chain gaps that exist, and to really look forward into what that talent pipeline can actually look like for both SA Water and for some of its um, framework partners. The other element of the shared value that we're working through is that enabling local cluster development. And over the, over the duration, and while this has to be long-term, is that in essence, really, what we're wanting to do is over the long-term, develop the local social enterprise sector um, alongside a talent pipeline that can really build SA Waters um, diversity inclusion outcomes. And so these are really sort of core and key to what we've done so far in the way in which we're looking to, to construct the project now and in the in the roadmap going forward. Um, <clears throat> in, in a high, at, a, at a very high level, um, looking at the sort of business 
needs and challenges. We've defined that in this project as being around building and strengthening the diversity of the supply chain and the diversity of the talent pool to really create meaningful work opportunities or employment opportunities. We've looked at those corporate assets and said that we're really wanting to, within the businesses that we're working with, foster an inclusive culture that enables a diverse work, workforce to excel. Um, and so it's really around building that sense of purpose, building that inclusive and accessible space for people to work in and to be successful. And then when we look at the social needs, it's really around thinking about those increasing those employment opportunities for people with disability so that the broader workforce reflects the diversity of the communities in which SA Waters is operating. And so really thinking through how we do that Sitting at the nexus of that is is our shared value project at this stage. Um, we've taken the model, we've plotted out elements um, that have been drawn not only from SA, SA government's soon to be released um, SA public sector inclusion strategy, which has at this as it looks into 2025, it has a major focus on advancing disability unemployment outcomes, but also positioning the sector. Um, the public sector broadly as an employer of, cho of choice for diverse talent. Um, the other element that we've aligned our program to very closely has been SA Waters diversity and inclusion strategy, which really seeks also to increase those diverse employment opportunities, both directly within SA Water and indirectly through the supply chain. Um, I'm not sure how many of you are have, have heard the language of social procurement before, so and without assuming anything, I'm just going to talk us through very briefly what that really is. And we all know what procurement is. Procurement is really a process of um, buying goods and services, acquiring them from a supplier, and it usually happens through a very competitive bidding process. Um, so what makes procurement social? And secondly, why do we talk about sort of shared value partnerships that are enabled through social procurement? Well, in our, in our example, social procurement, simply put, is when an organization such as SA Water, or in fact, any of the private businesses that work um, in partnership with SA Water, use that procurement as an opportunity to generate social value beyond the value of the goods and services that are being procured. It's really about us being intentional about seeking out supplier relationships that bring in that additional social benefit to community. And those benefits can be economic participation for individuals from marginalized communities and their families. Uh, it could be through work opportunities, better work outcomes, more paid work, and it can be in the form of career pathways. It can also be in the form of business opportunities or business development opportunities for some of these small and micro enterprises, regional businesses, and ultimately really about critically broadening the impact and respect to these diversity and quality, equality and inclusion outcomes. For all of us in the project, and I guess at, at Apricot for all of us, that supply chain is really one part of our commitment to sustainable communities, um, to economic growth and to our social license to operate. So what we see at the moment in the slide is that we've really sort of thought through SDGs. We've thought about how this impacts on the various sustainable development goals, but we've re really try to work through a mechanism that said to ourselves that part of what we're doing is not just procuring the good and services, but it's really making a substantive difference to the people that we work with, the communities we work in, um, and long-term for 
um, that talent pipeline to really grow. Um, and so that's been a really strong focus of, of the work that we've done over time. Um, so in in respect to how we do it, what we've done with the shared value project is we've really said that um, to make this work, and because we have that long-term view, we wanted to create an approach that really built a strong foundation from the outset. Um, and so in that strong foundation, it was about creating that those sustainable partnerships that would grow both those employment outcomes and those revenue outcomes for the social enterprise and also that lasting buy value for the buyer too. Um, and that value can be expressed through the sense of purpose that SA Water and its um, framework partners will will get through the project, but it's also around that recognition and celebration of diversity and the overall competitiveness for all of the parties in their respective marketplaces. So in the early days of the project, um, when we started talking through the shared value partnership, it was really around agreeing that we needed to create system-wide impact and that the shared value model was the best vehicle for actually really generating and building these sustainable partnerships um, through social procurement, um, where we have been very fortunate and I'm very blessed that both Simon and Mark are here today, but where we've been very blessed is that our clients and, and partners in this program already understand the why. Um, we haven't needed to talk about why we're doing this. They're already committed to embedding that why across their businesses. Um, what we needed to do was really focus on how and how we were doing this in a way that would actually help us to meet those objectives at the scale that we were looking to achieve over the long term. And so using the shared value model has really guided our practice in social procurement because it's built on that foundation that it's ultimately about genuine will between the organizations that we're working with to grow the nature of their partnership and how they support each other. Um, it helps both the parties or all the parties that are involved to really deepen their connection to each other, to deepen their awareness of their impact on the community that, that's, that they serve um, and, that the, and the people that work with them while also working to achieve much broader community outcomes in the long term. And through building these strong foundations, we know that we will ultimately find much more genuine connections between people. Um, and those genuine connections will lead to those longer-term sustainable partnerships. So it's much more than just ticking that box and showing good numbers to the public. It becomes about real change and real impact. So how have we done this? Well, our approach has been quite straightforward. And I won't go through all of the, 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 the bits and pieces of this, but really... We take our our, pro, our clients through a, a sort of five-stage process, which really talks to developing that business case for the shared value partnership, which is around understanding what the supply, what the client needs, what the supply market looks like, um, trying to create and broker synergy between the parties, and being very clear on what we're wanting to generate out of the project. So, um, in the first stage, it's very critical that we 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 generate common understanding of what we're going to look to do while knowing that as we're doing it, it's actually going to evolve. And it's been already in the last six months, a very evolving process as we've had more and more conversations with each of the partners. 
We've also then, we use a, a, an, our Apricot Health Index, which is really a way of sort of talking through areas of organizational health to really make sure that we're connecting SA Water and its framework partners to organizations that are going to thrive and going to do more than just exist within the partnership, but really meet them um, at the same level of, of development and, and, and goals. Um, and so that our, our, mark, our AHR tool gets used as part of that core discovery process in our mind. We've also taken them through a sort of a, an, an exercise, and I'll show you some of the results from it just in a moment, but around sort of defining the competencies and looking at those skills gaps. Um, and what we really did in our program um, in May was we actually created a Meet the Bio event, which was a really dynamic opportunity for the suppliers within the SA Water Partnership um, and our social enterprises to talk about their capabilities and their competencies and where they matched and where there was an opportunity to really build um, a connection going forward. Um, and as we go into the next stage of the process, it's really around that, you know, looking at how we expand what we how we are understanding and those insights, really getting data, tracking the progress, and really to help helping to build the um, the governance around the long-term partnership because we understand that really through continuously engaging, um, through continuous education, through continuous advocacy, we will there will always be a role for us to continue working with the partners around building that capability. And so that's in our longer term roadmap, that's where we are, we are headed. Um, very conscious of time. Just um, So when we did our initial scoping, um, we looked at sort of four broad categories for um, the different types of services. And so when we went out to do a, a look-see at the market, we scanned around some of these areas that came up um, in terms of what each of the SA water suppliers were looking to to fill in terms of supply chain gaps. It was really interesting that at this very early stage of the project, um, we we recognized that there wasn't enough information or awareness of the range of services or capabilities within the social enterprise sector. And so at the early stage, it was really difficult to dive deeply into these opportunities that may exist for people with disabilities to work within some of these capital delivery projects. And that will be an evolving conversation as we move forward because as we grow our understanding and we grow the connections between the partners, so we'll be able to explore new options. And that's really around um, thinking through how um, that continuous conversation needs to happen. So we've um, at this stage got a really great little, um, I want to use the word, I know Amy's on our on our, on our meeting today but amy's got a social enterprise bus heading out um later in august and so i've used your term amy um so who's on our bus um when we look at this project well we've got an ecosystem that's centered around sa water um and in our short term it's really around thinking through how we address those supply chain gaps through social procurement but in that stage we look at SA Water and the, the next layer of stakeholders beyond that, which is the major framework partners that are part of the Capital Works Delivery Program. And as you can see from the um, infograph, there's an, a number of partners that we're working with in this space at the moment that will really help to create that long-term, wide-scale, wide-ranging impact. The third level of our partnerships and the stakeholder map is really around our social enterprises. So, um, 
when we brought through the Meet the Buyer and our initial scoping, we brought seven different social enterprises into the space to meet with our um to meet with the uh, major framework partners and with SA Water so that in the medium term, we can think about how we build that talent pipeline. In the long term, we can really think about how we contribute to that sector-wide approach to building the capacity of these social enterprises across the spectrum to really continue to support the value creation process that we were looking to do. So we've got quite a nice a group of people. Every single one of the people in this on this on the stakeholder map are deeply connected to what we're doing, and it really makes it much um, much better for us to work with because we have a group of people that we don't need to convince that this is what what is a good a good direction for us to go. And they they already know where we're headed, and they're already on that journey with us. I'm going to give a moment now to to chat to to Mark and and Simon, who've been very patient and listened to me talking. Um, the whole way through. So Mike and um, Simon are the two of our, our key partners in the program. Um, and um, Sarah's already introduced them, so I'm not going to do the whole um, who Simon is and who Mike is, but I'll really, I'm going to go sort of straight into a, a conversation with Mike and Simon, and hopefully they both um, can um, put themselves on the screen and unmute themselves so we can talk this through. But Mike, Simon, when we were initially conceiving of this project, I mean, we had quite a conversation around how we wanted to communicate the value of what we were doing within the program. So as leaders within the SA Water team, how are you communicating the value of what we're doing in the program at the moment? Uh, for, for me, one of the communication pieces, and thank you very much, Fiona, for, for, for the introduction, and, and probably would also like to just uh, acknowledge that uh, I'm, I'm on Ghana land at the moment um, and um, just uh, wanted to uh, acknowledge um, the care and custodianship of the land um, of where I am today. Um, but wanted to uh, probably just reflect on in terms of how I'd communicate the value. For me, it's really about... Um, leaving a lasting legacy with this program of works that we're trying to do. Mm. Um, we've got $1.8 billion worth of capital infrastructure to build. And I think what we'd really like to be able to do is to not only construct a whole lot of pipes and a whole lot of pump stations, et cetera, but to really be able to, at the end of that program, be able to leave a lasting legacy of uh, within our community. Uh, mm. And so I think... With spending that much um, money, which is four to five hundred million dollars a year, we we have to spend. Um, I think we've got also an obligation to the community to be able yeah. to give back a little bit into that community, um, to be able to say that not only have we built some infrastructure, but we've made a social contribution. So I think mm. um, that's one of the great opportunities that we have working with SA Water, um, and really excited to be able to do that. Um, it also fits quite strongly with SA Water's strategy as well as another reflection there. Um, so SA Water has a strategy component that really talks about our people for the future, uh, which is trying to drive a diverse and inclusive workplace and really focused on developing the capability of our, our workforce. So um, it ties really nicely into that. And another element of the strategy for me is around healthy communities. And, you know, we operate in a community. We are... Um, serving the community and providing sort of uh, water and wastewater services every day. 
we want to be able to make sure that we uh, do our part, not only to provide water, but to make that community experience mm, mm. Um, as best as it can be. And so I think they're probably, for me, the key um, key messages that I try and share with my team um, about let's let's not just do our normal day job, but let's yeah. leave something behind greater than yeah. greater than all of us for the future. Um, I, I mean, I think uh, Max. Sorry, Max is struggling with a little bit of um, audio. He can't hear us, so um, it might be a bit more difficult for him to to contribute at the stage. So, but so we'll continue until Max can can figure out his audio. But uh, what I've also heard from what you said is a little bit around you know being very intentional about our focus on that legacy and creating that legacy. So it's not it's not just about um, doing this. It's around thinking through what's going to make the, the biggest impact and. Um, both for yourselves as as a as a partner to SA Water, but also broadly within the communities that you're serving. So it's a very intentional focus on that that value creation process for yourselves and for the partners and for the enterprises and the people that we serve and work with. Yeah, that's right. I, I think one of the things is that we're not going to accidentally end up doing this. You know, it's not mm. going to be by chance. We, we do need a deliberate and intentional approach and that's why we're really fortunate to have a, a client in SA Water who really values this and and then working with that client as in their, with their intentions um, that are clear, we can then start to um, say, well, let's make this deliberately happen. Let's yeah. put some energy and effort behind it and put in place a strategy and a structure which Apricot Consulting have been really helpful in doing to be able to lead us on that journey, you know, because help step out and map out the way for us to go forward. Yeah. I think you had a good point before. There's a lot of good intentions and desire. The desire is there, not only within SA Water, but all of those partners you saw on the on the people on the bus. Oh, um, absolutely. Before. So there's a desire there, but we do need help in being able to navigate our way through that and to be able to help build the connections and to be able to um, lead us into how to make that successful. So I'd certainly appreciate um, the work that your team's doing uh, in that. Simon, while uh, Mark's trying to get his uh, video and audio sorted out, perhaps I can just ask you a follow-up question. So when you think about the commercial and social outcomes that we've sort of sought to achieve through this social procurement program with shared value as its foundation. I mean, what would success look like for SA Water and for the framework partners over the long term? I mean, what are, what are you thinking yeah. that, that that needs to be part of what we yeah, work I think on as success, our KPIs? Uh, I'll start on a pretty high level. I think success for me is um, probably firstly sustainability so that whatever we are able to grow and develop here um, becomes a sustainable uh, future for us and that it not becomes something new that we need to journey into becomes the norm of how we ordinarily go about delivering our work. Um, so that's certainly something that I'd like to see. Um, South Australia is, is probably not quite as advanced in, in some of these areas as some of the other states. And so I think from a success point of view, what I'd love to see is I'd really love to see SA Water um, being uh, a leader in this space for mm. South Australia. Yeah. Uh, as an example that other utilities, other businesses and other industries can learn from and um, be, be able to 
uh, work together with us in, in to be able to make steps forward in this area. So I think that would be a great success. Um, and I also think um, I'd love to hear people who are involved in our program through these initiatives uh, talk about um, a positive experience. Mm -hmm. you know, so, you know, I'd love in, in a year or two's time to be able to hear from people who have um, been able to work on this program because of some of the initiatives we're doing here. Um, talk about the benefits that they've seen in their lives, in their families' lives, and mm. um, in the community. And I think, oh, absolutely. You know, one of the Fiona mentioned earlier the um, meet the buyer event. You know, and I think being able to listen to some of the, I suppose, stories That's and testimonies of, mm. of individuals and what a difference meaningful, valued employment has made on their lives. It's incredibly inspiring, and um, we we want to be able to you know create more of those opportunities because mm. it has such a good impact on individuals, families, and, and communities. So I think they're probably some of the things that are at the front of my mind. Yeah, just a question, Simon, has come out of the chat, and maybe I mean it's a bit early days to answer it now, but it, it might be a useful reflection. I mean, as as we from the time that we started talking about this program to where we are now. Has success changed in your mind or has the understanding of that social impact change that we want changed as we've gone? Or is it just more um, think, do you think? Yeah, no, look, for, for me the journey's probably been around um, the idea of success is probably crystallising a bit more. It's becoming a little bit more clearer as to what that might look like. You know, I think when we started this journey it was general intent but we are starting to sort of feel like actually we're going to see some really um, clear objective outcomes uh -huh. um, through this. I think we've got a little bit more work to do to continue to shape that success, what it looks yeah. like. Uh, I, I did see some of our, our framework partners on the call here, which yes. is great to see. Awesome. And, um, you know, I think working with them, we're going to be able to fine-tune uh, what that success looks like for them. Um, I think at the moment we're looking to establish partnerships, but in the future we might start to actually get a bit a bit more granular uh, mm -hmm. with what that success looks like. Mark, I'll just, uh, uh, you know, the questions that I was going to address to Mark, I'll, I'll leave those for the moment. We can maybe come back to them and Mark can give us some responses to them in, in, um, in writing possibly. But I guess, Simon, then, as a, in conclusion, it's really around what are some of the lessons that you've, you've gained out of the project to date, even recognising that we're in the very early stages of the project, but what comes first to mind for you in terms of success, uh, or not in terms of success, but in terms of lessons that we've learned and the change in the way that we've done things? Um, pr probably the lessons, uh, the key ones for me is that uh, we need uh, support in being able to realise these opportunities and that, um, you know, in a program like ours or and I would imagine in many other businesses, people are very busy doing their day-to-day -day work and and so we, we need support in being able to translate good intentions mm. and um, a, a strategy of what we want to achieve into actually becoming reality. And, and I think some businesses may be able to do that themselves. Yeah. But I don't think we should be afraid to ask for support to be able to help um, find 
um, the particular skill sets and capabilities that can help navigate that for us because, um, you know, really fortunate to be in a position in, in the role that I'm in to be able to help influence the decisions we make and where we want to go. Um, but having a, the ability or the skill set to get us there, I, I don't have that capability or skill set. Mm, so mm, um, mm. I think that's that's really important. And ordinarily we are working with um, construction partners, as you would see from the bus picture. Um, so we're not ordinarily engaging with social service enterprises as such. And so um, finding a way to be able to connect yeah. to the industry the, 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 um, is a really important factor because, um, you know, myself, I'm not quite sure where to start there. Um, yeah. and, and so being able to have that. The other the other factor I'd probably just say is that um, there's some real value as a client in being able to leverage your partners that you have. Mm. And uh, our partners work, our partners put a lot of focus and effort onto what client says is important. So um, where SA Water are able to say this is uh, an objective for us and this is something that's important and valued by us as SA Water, um, all of us as partners um, will respond to that yeah. and find ways to be successful. Um, and so I think it's sometimes we should you know, we should really appreciate that our contractors are there to drive performance forward. Yeah, We, we use our, our contractors to help us get better and by setting them clear targets and clear objectives, they're very likely to respond to that. And yeah. so I think, you know, Mike, you know, hopefully you might get a chance to say some things here, but the work that Mike's doing with the, our supply chain to be able to set up KPIs and uh, performance metrics that are going to help us to be able to achieve those goals is going to be what's going to drive the kind of the, the end results. So Absolutely. Finding ways to, to do that. Simon, I guess one more last question. I see that I know there's a question from Amy as well as from Tony, and I'll talk to those when we have the the. Um, a sort of open question just now, but there was a follow-up around that that sort of the need um, that might be, uh, Emma's asked as a follow-up question, there can often be a need from executive to quantify and report on the financial impact of the organisation before commencing a sort of shared value um, project. I mean, in your understanding, has this been an issue for either your individual organisations or for SA Water and or was it really driven by that belief in the social impact and knowing that the commercial impact would come? Yeah I, think, <laughs> yeah, I think, um, look, we're pretty fortunate we don't have that, um, yeah. that desire to um, um, uh, demonstrate um, that first here. What we do have is we have a strategy, like I mentioned before, about trying to create a, an inclusive, diverse workforce. Uh, we really recognise and appreciate the value of every single person who works on our program and all that they've got to offer and recognise there's value in diversity because that diversity mm. helps us to challenge our thinking, um, to consider idea, other ideas and to be better. And, and so working with us, so what are we are fortunate, we want to be a business that represents the community in which we work. And so yeah. we want to try and engage as many of the community in the work that we do. Um, and so it's probably come from some of those factors that have been driving it, so more so than the commercial. So. We're probably a bit fortunate there. Um, we haven't yeah. had to go through that kind of demonstration. Um, but I think, uh, I think it's, if it's Emma who's asked that, I think that's a, a good point. The, the um, 
the commercial success I think will follow yeah. because if we can remove these barriers to that exist either consciously or subconsciously to employment of people that do have some of these barriers in there, mm. those people will get very good at providing their yeah. services once they get an opportunity to get in the door yeah. and start contributing. Yeah. Absolutely. And so I think it's a, just a release of that barrier and opening up of that is going to be able to be tremendously valuable um, and ending the commercial aspects will then flow from there. Yeah. Simon, thank you. Um, I mean, it's really been really useful and we'll um, come back to some of the other questions just now, but it would be probably quite good at this stage. I was quite keen to also just share some of the reflections from um, some of our um, uh, social enterprise partners who've been part of the journey with us today. So I'm just going to go back to the presentation very quickly and we'll just listen to some of the reflections that we've had from three of the sort of success enterprises. We might not have a lot of time for all of these, so I'll go through them as we, as we have. But perhaps first, just to talk through some of the re reflections from Freddie and from Abby. Um, CBS Incorporated is a social enterprise here in Adelaide. They do a range of um, different social enterprise services, one of which is a community concierge service. Um, and um, at our Meet the Buyer, what was really awesome is that we had Becky, who's one of the staff that is employed by uh, CBS, to actually come talk about how meaningful it was to have this um, opportunity to work with CBS. So we'll just give Freddie and Abby a very brief chance to just talk through some of their reflections. Thank you, Freddie, Abby, for joining me today. We want to talk a little bit about your role as CBS Incorporated in the shared value partnership that we have with SA Water and KBR and Oricon. Um, we ran a, a Meet the Buyer recently, um, and you were a partner in that Meet the Buyer workshop. What were some of the key messages that you heard around why we're using this approach to partnering and, and what its value is in the long term to make sure that this is a sustainable partnership? I think uh, CBS has always been um, built on a framework of a balance between business and commercial um, realities. Um, that are necessary to do well, plus balancing that with culture and values around inclusion, around social justice and a fair go. What I think more and more businesses are realising that that type of balance is good for business, their own businesses. Absolutely. And what's been missing is that they have an unrealised tap of potential talent of highly... Um, exceptional people who just so happen to have a disability, many with university TAFE degrees incredibly motivated that they've overlooked. And what we've done through um, our service is, is, is bring attention to that group of talented people. And one of the ways we've also done it is through developing social in enterprises um, I think another big growth area in particular um, is with the state government. Um, you know, we've been we've been really trying to advocate strongly around um, the inclusion of people with a disability and the benefits of employing people with a disability and social procurement. But we often um, find that we're quite behind the other states. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess our, our, we're, we're always talking about it and always saying why there's so many benefits that we, we just can't wrap our heads around it. So it's really exciting to see, you know, the work that Apricot Consulting is doing. And, and we've loved, you know, getting to know you for your and, and SA Water. And SA Water, of course. And then, and then also Social Traders Australia have now set up in South mm -hmm. Australia and are mm -hmm. doing a lot of advocacy around Absolutely. social 
procurement. So there's so many benefits. It just, I don't know, from our point of view, I guess, because we're so used to it, it's so natural for us. We're kind of like, what? why isn't it continuing to grow? But it's going yeah. to another level. I think the yeah. timing's right to take it to another level. And I think more and more uh, larger businesses, more than smaller, are realising they're missing out on a highly talented yes. group of people. Yep. Mm, yes. Mm. Well, thank you. Well, that was very, very, very briefly um, some of the Freddie and, and Abby's uh, reflections. Um, I don't have time to go for Andrews and Monique's, but Monique had a fair a number of really good points that she made. So I'd just like to give her an opportunity um, and We'll make this the video available um, later for everybody if you'd like to hear what Andrew has to say too. But thank you, Monique, for joining us today. Um, we're really here just to talk a little bit about the SA Water Partnership Project we've got going with yourselves and a few of the um, suppliers to SA Water. And really, we've um, taken the approach at Apricot that this is very much um, built on a foundation of um, looking for sh a shared value partnership. Mm -hmm. So really around the intentionality of looking for a win-win for both the social enterprise sector and our clients, SA Water. So given that understanding, why do you think it's important for us to look to create these longer-term partnerships? I, I believe that looking for the shared value partnership, um, it, it starts to be underpinned by people. And where you talk about shared values, you're talking about what connects and engages with with people, you know. So it becomes more than business. It becomes a recognition, yes. the intrinsic value that people deliver back into business. Um, and by doing the right thing well, the value of what is delivered increases astronomically. So you're still getting what's required you're still having yes. a service delivered you're still receiving the goods or the products at the end of the day but the extension to that by working on something that's a shared value partnership becomes much stronger because of the way that it impacts back into a community or back into a particular demographic of people oh absolutely i couldn't have said it better myself i mean i think that um one of the things that we've spoken about a lot in some of, the, some of the conversations has been around that creating creation of value not just for um, yourself as as an employer um, but also for your staff your employees but likewise for SA water as an employer that value for them and the value for their staff so what they learn in that process has been and even just today just with our meet the buyer event, we, we we created an opportunity to really break some of the bias mm -hmm. that's associated with working with disability enterprises. Talk a little about, about that experience for you. Sure. Um, so I, I suppose my experience to it, you know, I was fresh into the disability sector when I came into Blend Creative six years ago, um, you know, and and... I guess I came in with a slightly different lens because, you know, I was there to create something commercially viable, you know, that was sustainable beyond any type of funding model. Yes. Um, and with that came a mindset that we have the capability to deliver commercial value, you know, um, and I think it seemed at the time that that was a, an 
an unusual mindset, mm, mm. you know, um, that a disability service provider could be um, a commercial delivery partner. Um, and we have this great capability to to deliver on that, you know. Um, we are, you know, the I think through the meet the buyer process, you know, we had that opportunity to stand up and and um, talk about and demonstrate what our capabilities were and mm -hmm. and underpin that through sound examples so yeah. you know with that i think that that starts to build an understanding of of what can be delivered and what is possible and create a um more trusted platform from yes. which a conversation can then flow yes. forth so yeah. i i think that that was the main thing from it is to recognize and understand that he's a disability service provider which is what we are um but we are a commercial um organization and or, or mm. partner that can provide these um services or, or yeah. deliver an expectation in that commercial landscape um you know there might be some some um considerations of the way in which we do that but for the majority for the for um for many of those um instances you'd be working very much in sync with how you would stand it how you would do that in a standard operating yeah. process thank you that was really good and our conversation with andrew was very similar so very kind of key elements that he brought through as well and being very conscious of time i'm not going to the last slide but just really talking about our next steps but it's it was really around sort of going deeper and and, and bedding that down a bit further for um uh, unpacking some of those impact measures so i know that tony's asked a question around um some of the social impact measures that we have and how easily they are measured now and there are uh, measures in place that SA Water has and uh, have uh, that passed those on to um, sort of the major framework partners that are part of our partnership arrangements and many of those are related to um, the way in which spend happens in the programs. Um, Simon might want to add one or two uh, words more about that but it's really um, we are working towards those measures but we are in this next stage really thinking about how we reframe some of those um, impact measures. Simon? Yeah, I'm just going to add to that. I think probably my comment is we're starting slow um, here in terms of those measures. And um, our measure this year is around trying to set up a, a meaningful partnership between each of our contractors and a social enterprise. So I think you can correct me, Mark, if I'm wrong there, but um, that's the point of measure as I understand mm. it. Um, and, and so we're starting to, to build the foundation pieces probably as points of measures rather than you know, certain levels of investment, uh, et cetera, to start with. Um, and and I, I could probably just answer a, a comment on Amy's questionnaire about the certification piece as well. Mm. You know, um, but that could be an area that um, we need Definitely. to consider. Uh, I am a bit new into this area to, to fully understand that risk, I would probably suggest. So, mm. And that's the value of, of working with, with some people who have the skill sets and capabilities, um, uh, probably like yourself and, and Fiona in this area, who can help 
to be able to identify and, and, and highlight that risk for us. We're probably a bit naive and new into this area. So um, it's a really good comment. Yeah. And I think one of the things, I mean, obviously, Amy, I was going to come through and have a chat with you about that as well, or a response to that question, is it really is important for us to to go into this with, um, with a sense of um, making the right decisions for both SA Water for the major framework partners, really limiting the risk as much as we can. And that can be through the certification process, but also through sort of the methodology of really looking at the AHI as our as our tool. So the more that we can help to 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 build those strong foundations from the outset, Amy, absolutely. I think that's there's a vested interest for us to make sure this works well. Because by making it work well from the outset, um, it's it's going to be more successful. If we choose if we create the wrong partnerships, they're going to fail. And so the sustainability is therefore the at, at risk. Um, and this is really around um, at a sector level, looking at that collaboration, um, looking at at the right partnerships and building it strong from the beginning and building it slow. I mean, one of our reflections has really been around thinking through the fact that this is really almost like a change management process. So you're going from this, creating this awareness of the need to change, which is, we've already said, is already there through that desire, through creating the knowledge, through really putting in place the action to reinforcing it. And all of those steps require an evolving conversation about how we do that. Um, and so I definitely think that there's a great opportunity there for um, us to look through some of those processes that we need to build in as as we go forward. Um, and if there are, I know we've got very little time left, um, Sarah, and I'm conscious that you wanted to also close off. I think we've, we've managed most of the questions in the chat. I'm not sure if there's anybody else who has a, uh, question that I'd like to just pop quickly through to us um, if we've got time, Sarah. Uh, I'm not sure we do, Fiona. I think okay. that um, I'm going to have to to wrap it up. I feel like this is a topic that we could definitely have a much longer session um, and even workshop with. Um, but in, in the interest of time, I just want to make sure that I do get the opportunity to thank you, um, to thank you, Fiona, um, Simon. Um, thank you for now and um, have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you, Sarah, for having us. It's been really awesome to be here. Thank you all.